0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or most recently, just baseball, or maybe Pop Culture Entertainment. If that's your slant of things, you can find my work over at Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Crit, and many more, and hopefully many more to come. But of this year, Lockdown parties podcast, guys, which is the most important thing, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And if you feel like doing so, reach out to me on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to respond to them. Both accounts. Either one is open. I already know one person reached out to me with a question, and the reason why I'm saying this is because, guys, for the 300th episode, get those questions in. This is the 296th episode. So that means that I think, yeah, this Friday will be my 300th episode. How crazy is that? So get those questions racking in your brains, guys, and send them over. Send them over for sure. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects and the future players, then Lockdown MLB Prospects is the place to go. Hosted by Sir Aram Layton, it is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And for today's episode, guys, we are recapping the Philly series from this weekend. Got a couple thoughts on the games, Just going to have a little bit of fun talking about them. Uh, take a little bit of a victory lap for myself for calling something correctly. And then uh, we're going to just wrap up by reacting to the All-Star stuff. Um, I'm not going to react too much to it because I actually have a conversation coming out tomorrow and maybe Wednesday and Thursday because we talked for so long with Josh Neighbors of Lockdown Nationals uh, where we talked about All-Star stuff as well. And believe me. Uh, we got heated. We got that was a ridiculous crossover. One of the weirder ones in a while that I've done. Shout out Josh, cool guy. But uh, let's get into the games that happened this weekend, guys. So on Friday, the Padres lost four to three. Um, and look, it was a tremendous performance from Mister Zach Wheeler, who goes seven and two thirds innings, only allowing four hits, no runs, no walks, striking out nine. We will talk about him a little bit later. He was named to the All-Star team as well. Uh, We only looked good. I don't think this is one of those performances where the Padres just weren't hitting. Remember, they are coming off of uh, a really good stretch in which they won 11 of their last 13. Did not feel like uh, this was the Padres not hitting. I did not feel like that. Every now and then, I will call them out for being like there was a lot of contact, a lot of the. I think Zach Wheeler genuinely is just really good, and it's thanks because Chris Paddock, who is just super unpredictable, has a pretty decent start in this one. Going seven innings is the longest outing he'd had um, for a while. Actually, this is longest outing of like the last like two months practically. Uh, he goes seven innings, allowing three runs on four hits, walking one, striking out five. What I like about Chris Paddock. I must say, does not issue a lot of free passes. And he looks pretty sharp in this one. I know he gave up the three runs, which wasn't great. But Philly's got a couple guys on there every now and then that could hit you if you aren't super careful. But even still, it was still a pretty solid performance, especially to be able to go seven innings, help give the bullpen some rest. Um, But really the big thing that happens in this game, guys, is bottom nine, or I should say, uh, in this case, the top of the ninth inning, we get a, 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 a lovely implosion by the Phillies' bullpen yet again. And it's funny because in the moment when I was watching the game on Friday, I was like, this is exactly the position that the Phillies have been at literally all year. All year. And they always blow it. And they blow it yet again. Tatis drives a double to left, allowing Kernworth to score, who got on base with a walk. And then we get a huge double from Mr. Jerickson Profar, who quietly has been having a nice little stretch lately. But granted, really, like, a really, really slight stretch. Over his last six games, he's batting 500. That's right, 500 with a 571 on base with three ribbies, two, uh, four doubles, actually, which is the most impressive part. Um, so a nice little stretch for him, but granted, look, Drakeson Profar has not been good this year, man. He has not been good, and I'm really rooting for him. I, I said this on Twitter, but I genuinely love the guy. I think he's such a positive, bright smile, fun personality. Clearly, he's really cool and all that with the rest of the team members. I shouldn't say clearly I'm not in the locker room, as you guys know, but at least it seems to give up just really good vibes, so I hope that he does better. I'm a lot more critical of Eric Cosmer because I've never had an affinity for the guy, never found him like the most likable, fun personality in the world, and in fairness, he's getting paid quite a lot, so it's not the same as Profar, who I always root for just because Look, I really think that that guy going from top prospect to barely playable, I just think it's completely derailed by injuries. Uh, I think there is a what if, if Jerickson Profar turns out right. And I think getting those like two shoulder surgeries or whatever it was, I think really, really messed him up. It he wasn't able to, to get back to form. So hopefully Jerickson Profar can be a decent guy for the team. But who knows? If you guys want to make fun of him, I get it. But like be, be kind about it. Be kind about it, because I I, I like Profar. But anyway, um, unfortunately, though, despite all the heroics and them tying the game in the top of the ninth inning, uh, they're unable to get the W. Because yet again, for the second night in a row, the Padres got uh, hit with the old walked-off magic, I should say, as in people hit a walk-off off of them. Does that make any sense? In the bottom of the tenth inning. And granted, Dunger, the Padres had their chance to hit in the top of the ninth. It was very messy, too. I don't know what was going on. Um, Hasan Kim flied out on a bunt attempt, which I really didn't like. Fam strikes out, and then Cronenworth grounded out. I did not like the bunt for Hasan Kim. I thought that that was very silly. He clearly didn't look all that comfortable at the plate. And most importantly, Hasan Kim had been getting a little bit better recently at the plate. He seems to be making some adjustments with the bat swing. And literally, uh, I think this was written about um, by Kevin Acey, actually, I believe, of the Union Tribune, breaking down some of the adjustments he's been making. So I did not like the bunt there. I don't care if that's technically the play. When it comes to extra innings, come on. Your team has been on fire lately. Just let them swing. You know, let them swing. This isn't like even... It's not like it was the pitcher that had to bat, right? So I didn't like that at all. And I definitely didn't like that the Phillies end up walking it off in the bottom of the 10th inning. Uh, which was it was it was a very disheartening thing because Austin Adams kinda gets out of a little bit of a jam. He gets that first strikeout right and Austin Adams quietly been one of the better relievers in the bullpen this year. He comes in, he gets a strikeout and then he gives up a huge double to Brad Miller, allowing Andrew McCutcheon and Travis Jankowski to score. Look, it happens. It happens, man. Like it, it's okay. And look, it's funny because I, I mentioned this on Twitter as well. Like I was actually campaigning for the Pirates to sign Brad Miller this past off season. I, I, I really was. I thought that he'd be pretty good. He's been basically about the same, more or less, as valuable players, Jackson, Profar. They've been kind of the same. Their slash lines are very similar. I can't speak for Brad Miller's defense, but uh, they're kind of similar. Platoon, you know, a little bit of versatility as infielders and outfielders, and that's why I kind of liked Brad Miller. And he hits the walk off, so. Enough said there, I suppose. And I will say, it, it was, I wasn't like in a vacuum upset that the Pirates lost. Look, they're due. It's okay. And we'll get to that a little bit more in a second. But it just kind of stinks that you make that comeback. You know, in the top of the ninth inning, and it really felt like, oh, yeah, we we can steal one tonight, so let's go and steal it, and then they didn't, so that was a little bit unfortunate, and like I said before, uh, to get walked off uh, twice in a row is a little bit unfortunate, uh, for sure, but it wasn't a crazy, crazy big deal, and before we talk about the rest of the weekend games, guys, I gotta talk about something, and that's betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball obviously in full swing, but you can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, or UFC, MMA action. And before the next pitch, guys, go to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and you can check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON, guys. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Alright guys, we're back, rocking and rolling, keeping the good vibes going, and we're talking about Saturday's game. Saturday's game was a game in which I was with a couple friends, so I did not get to focus as much on the game as I would have liked. I'm going to be full disclosure, guys, full disclosure, but I did get to watch a little bit, right? And in this game, we have Mr. U. Darvish starting, and believe it or not, Not one of his best outings. I actually think that someone tweeted at me. I forgot who it was, was saying, what's going on with Darvish? And I say, well, he just had a little bit of a rough start. What can I say? He goes six innings, giving up four runs on six hits, walking one, striking at eight. So still made some people miss bats. Granted, it is the Philly offense, which is extremely up and down. But did get some uh, swings and misses there. He was okay. Uh, Rest of the bullpen was fine, but he gave up the damage there. And there was a rain delay in this game, which is another part of the reason I I missed some of it because of the... The big rain delay and all that, um, that was unfortunate. Then he comes back in. It was like a 45-minute rain delay from what I understand. And, yeah, uh, look, it's fine. I don't care. You know, like, you, Darvish, he was also named at All-Star. We'll get to that a little bit later. Like, it's fine, man. What did get me a little bit more frustrated was Zach Eflin was the starter for today's game, coming into the game with a 4.2 ERA. He goes six innings in this game, only giving up two runs on three hits, walking two, striking out two. I didn't think he looked particularly impressive. Don't get me wrong, he isn't a particularly impressive pitcher for sure, but it was still a little frustrating. I was like, oh, come on now. The only runs that are scored by the Padres in this game come off of a Manny Machado home run in the top of the first inning, and that was it. That was literally it. They couldn't hit the rest of the bullpen all night. That stunk. It was just kind of a poopy performance. And you would think that Darvish, you know, having one of those rare off nights for him, that the offense would be like, screw it. We don't care, man. It's fine. The amount of times you've given us one run ball, come on. Let's let's pick you up for this. And instead, it was only a home run for Manny Machado. One for four in the game, two RBIs. Manny really did uh, save his uh, outburst or his, his offensive explosion, I guess, for only, you know, recently. In the month of June, he hit 308 with a 350 on base and a 549 slugging percentage, six home runs in the process of that. He's been on fire. Uh, I actually saw someone shout out my guy Jake of all trades, Snake Plissken on Twitter. Really great Padres Twitter follow for those who don't follow. Uh, him on there. Definitely check him out. It made a joke saying like, look, may Machado ahead of the curve. He uh, clearly just decides to start slow to this uh, for the season. That way he didn't have to go to the all-star game, but now he's turning it up when it matters more. Uh, I thought that was very, very funny. Um, but yeah, he's been absolutely excellent lately since the beginning, since that first Cincinnati game from the first Cincinnati series up until uh, this game that happened on Saturday. Manny Machado had been batting 333 with a 379 own base with a 608 slugging percentage, 987 OPS. Really, really good stuff. Four homers alongside uh, that slash line along with 13 ribbies. Five walks to eight strikeouts. Great right there, for sure. Absolutely love to see it. Two doubles. Um, He's been awesome. He's been absolutely awesome. He genuinely is just... It was a very good example of just a slow start. Like, it's fine. And I remember early on in the season when people... Some people oh, what's going on with Manny? He was fine. Like, I, I know that this is, like, the most, like, casual way of kind of approaching this, but go look at someone's stat cast, stat cast pace sometimes. That It doesn't tell the full story, but go look at it every now and then. And if you see everything in bright red which was the case with Manny Machado for basically all of the beginning of the season, that's usually a good sign. The ball just wasn't going in play. Yeah, okay, I get it. He doesn't run particularly fast. He's not a particularly fast runner. That's the only blue mark. But in terms of like his exit velo and his hard hit percentage, all in the top percentiles of the league, and he was barreling the ball pretty good, his walk and strikeout rates weren't going down or anything like that, I had literally no doubt that Manny was going to bounce back at least in a significant I'm not saying he was going to be the MVP I mean there's no guarantees in an MVP form but he's been playing like it he's been awesome so never panic with May Machado he has earned that right I cannot say for the rest of the offense though in this game also uh, Eric Hosmer makes a very uh, silly error that I only saw later uh, thanks to the wonderful world of Twitter uh, a very easy foul ball that he lets drop um I don't know what you guys want from me. So, so like, Eric Hosmer's seeming unwillingness to improve as a bat. I get the defense part. Maybe he's just not a good defender. But the seeming ability for him to go from launching the ball into the air all of last year and then just not caring about it this year has been quite remarkable. Believe it or not, like this season is actually some of the worst baseball he's played on the Potters, which says a lot because not like he was particularly impressive before. Uh, but just the small things his slugging is at 350 right now, that's even lower than 2019, which was 425, which wasn't that bad, but then even lower than 2018, which is 398. Uh, he's just not, I don't know what to say. He's only got six home runs on the year, he does not walk a particular. A particularly grand amount. Uh, not terrible at it, but he doesn't do it. And he just hits every damn thing on the ground. A 58.7% ground ball percentage this year. Up by 11% from last year. Just unbelievable, guys. Just unbelievable, Eric Hosmer. So I hope he figures it out, but I'm less than optimistic. Um, and Will Myers has also been a little bit of a disaster. But I don't want to talk about that. Instead, I want to move on guys, I want to move on. And why? Well, because in Sunday's game, the game after Saturday's loss, very unfortunate loss, uh, Eric Cosmer actually does do something for once. So everyone's going to say, "Oh, it, uh, you got to you got to go back on what you just said." No, I don't actually, but anyway, Sunday's game, let's talk about that one really quickly because honestly, not too much to report for this one. Uh the Padres win 11-1. 11-1, which made me correct by the way. If you guys listen to uh, Friday's episode, I actually called with Dan that I thought the Pirates were going to lose two of the three. I did call it, so I've been on fire lately with my, my series picks. Um, so that's what happens here. Vince Velasquez gets tagged with the loss for the Phillies, going six innings, giving up five earned runs on uh, nine hits. He wasn't particularly good. He's not a particularly good pitcher. Everyone freaked out about that guy because when he first debuted and was in the majors, he was killing it and everyone was like, relax, and he He hasn't been very good basically ever since he had like a one month of absolute just vicious stuff and he's basically never amounted into being too much of a high quality pitcher um and then Hector Neris also gets tagged uh for like big time so he comes into the game only goes two-thirds of an inning gives up six runs on four hits let's break down the RBIs in this game guys Really, really fun stuff. Manny Machado, top of the first inning. Again, he loves that top of the first inning, man. Homers allowing Fernando Tatis Jr. to score, and then in the top of the third inning, he homers again. A two-home run day for Sir Manny Machado, allowing Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jake Cronenworth to score, making it five nothing. JT, JT Real Muto gets a solo shot after that in the bottom of six, and then, like I said, Eric Hosmer does do something. He gets a bases. Clearing double in the top of the ninth inning, making it eight to one. Granted, the game was already kind of out of you know reach for the Phillies, or I shouldn't say out of reach, but it was five one. It's not like he gave us a, a really huge insurance run, it's like it was already a four run lead. And with this Padres bullpen, I have confidence in them to be able to hold a four run lead, you know what I'm saying? So, even still, though, it was nice making the score eight to one, and then Webster Rivas homers allowing eric cosbert jerks of profile to score making it 11-1 just absolutely thrashing them and you love to see it you love to see it tatis goes two for four in the game uh he does strike out twice but he does generate a walk and he gets a stolen base which is very nice for all you categories players in Fantasy baseball another 0 for 5 game from tommy Pham, which was unfortunate or, wait, I'm sorry. He went 0 for 4 on the Saturday game, then 0 for 5 uh, on the Sunday game. But it doesn't matter. He's been that good. So I do not care if Tommy Pham has an 0 for 5 game. Um, yeah, so very good day for the Padres offense, especially Machado, who some people think is an all star snub. I'll be talking about that in a second. But before we uh, finish that, let me just say Blake Snell in the game goes four innings, only giving up two hits, which was awesome. No earned runs. No earned runs. Ever since that little dance off. Uh, with Tatis by the dugout uh, from a couple weeks back. I think it was against the Reds. Uh, Blake Snell has not given up a single run. Granted, that is because he missed his last start due to a little bit of an illness. But even still, uh, against the Dodgers, he didn't give up any runs. And against Philly, he didn't give up any runs. Granted, only over four innings. And unfortunately, in this game, he did issue a lot of free passes, walking four guys, striking out three. He only had 81 pitches in the game. I don't know why they didn't. They kind of baby Snell a little bit. And I'm not talking about, like, just, I don't know. Like, every now and then I look at this and I'm like, it's 81 pitches. Are you sure you don't want to throw them out there for one more? Maybe to get, like, a couple outs maybe? I don't know. I just feel like you're taxing the bullpen a lot. But granted, the bullpen came up huge. Austin Adams in this game technically getting the win. Craig Stammen does give up the one run, but Emilio Pagan does well. Drew Pomeranz does, does his one out and was fine. And then Nick Ramirez comes in to kind of finish things out. Uh, so, look, I get it. If your bullpen is that good, you don't really care if your starting pitcher only goes four innings. But I like only the four, the only the only two hits uh, allowed against Snell, but honestly, he wasn't making people miss, especially on those breaking balls. He did not get guys to chase stuff in the dirt, and I don't know why. It's actually starting to become a thing where I'm like, is Blake Snell just getting... This is... I have not heard any evidence of this, but there's some times when his curve looks good and everything, like, there's a lot of movement on his off-speed stuff, and guys don't chase it, and I'm like... Is he tipping pitches or something? Because that pitch looked good. It had a lot of movement on it. I know it was, like, not the great. This isn't, you know, Mariano Rivera's cutter. But I was just like, really? I've seen guys swing at absolute BS all season. But no one could chase anything Blake Snell throws. So, it's almost getting frustrating. It feels like he's getting unlucky. And he's just not hanging in there as much. So, whatever. Bottom line, didn't give up any runs. So, I will take it. But before, guys, we wrap things up for today's podcast guys just wrapped up talking about the series let me talk to you about something very very important guys and those are the best protein bars in the world guys they are of course the built bars i've been talking about them for months they've got all sorts of flavors from coconut to cherry barcia mint brownie double chocolate cookies and cream german chocolate orange Available this week only. They have uh, the new Built Bar flavor grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. Only 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. And that's the thing, guys. Bilt Bar's are healthy for you. Uh, 17 to 18 grams protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Guys, what are you waiting for? Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code Locked fifteen and you'll get fifteen percent off your next order. Remember that is promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at BuiltBar.com. dot com. Alrighty guys. Coming now crashing back in into your into your headphones, your radio, wherever you're listening to this. Talking about all-star stuff. Um yesterday, you know, you the time you guys are listening to this, it is yesterday, uh Major League Baseball announced the all-star American League All-Stars for the pitchers and the National League All-Stars for pitchers and as well as the reserves for both the National League and American League. And, you know, look, I'm going to reiterate what I said a couple weeks ago, which is I think oftentimes, and I talk about this in my crossover uh, coming later this week, oftentimes I think that when we talk about snubs, guys, there's a lot of talent out there. There's always going to be a quote-unquote snub. It's fine. A lot of the one that I've seen people talk about is Manny Machado. And my thing is this. In fairness, look, Manny Machado, great glove. I'm not saying I will take Chris Bryant over Manny Machado. I'm not saying that I want someone like Eduardo Escobar, certainly not Eduardo Escobar, which we'll get into him in just a second, over Manny Machado, but, like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Guess what? There are going to be snubs every now and then. It's not that outrageous. My take is the discrepancy's got to be real, real crazy for you to, you know, be really upset. So Jake Cronenworth versus Ozzy Albies, has Kernworth been a little bit better? I think so, and especially because his positional versatility and all that stuff and his defense. I think yeah, you can make an argument for it. But the great news is Jake Kernworth made it, as well as Mark Melanson and Yu Darvish for Padres All Stars, the most that they have had since. 1998, the team that I bring up all the time as being basically the best team uh, the Padres had had since 84 even, and probably even better than the 84 team. That 1998 team was amazing. Uh, So that's just really good company for them, and it's absolutely well-deserved. Some people are saying, Kenley Jantz, the Dodgers fans, oh, well, his expected ERA is higher. Well, how about this? His walk rate, extremely high this year at 5.59, or 5.61, it's even, yeah, 5.61 on the year. His BABIP is 159. That means he's getting pretty lucky, and his home run fly ball uh, rate is is also pretty unsustainably uh, low. So all the people I want to talk about, Kenley Jansen, don't get me wrong, he's good, but he has gotten a little bit lucky. And yes, also, it does matter how many games you save. I think that means a little bit of something. I don't think that makes you the best reliever how many saves you've gotten, but it means something that you've been able to get those chances. At least it means something. Not a lot, but it means, you know, a little bit of a crumb of something. But anyway, let's not get a little bit too much into the Dodgers fans. They're annoying. We don't have to talk about them, right? So the big thing for me is two things, right? Number one. It is that Joe Musgrove did not make the All-Star team. And i had been campaigning for him, as you guys might have heard. I thought that, look, he literally threw the first no-hitter in the franchise history. Like, Just the story of that, it's one of the great moments of the season. I know what some people say, oh, there's too many no-hitters. Well, yeah, they happened early on in the year, and that has clearly subsided. So I don't know why people are still complaining about that. Um, And the other thing is... It's not necessarily like, you know, there was anyone on the all star roster I didn't think deserved it. Herman Marquez, very good pitcher. I think that um, Joe Musgrove should have been above him. I really do. I think they should have been above him. I think he should have been above Trevor Rodgers, who has been very good this year. Borderline, just unhittable fastball from him. Zach Wheeler. I mean, especially after what he did to the Padres, he's fine. And it's also a kind of a fun random one almost that Zach Wheeler is really putting it together uh, this much later in his career. But everybody else much deserved. Yu uh, Darvish makes it, which was great. And I-, I just think that it comes down to this, right? I'm happy that Jake Cronenworth was uh, announced as a reserve. That is awesome. But my take on this whole thing is the following. I think it is dumb that you got to have a representative for every team. I do. I do. I'm sorry. Guess what? If your team doesn't have a lot of good players that are deserving, you're not in the All Star game. Too bad. You know what I mean? Like that's what they do in basketball. In basketball, sometimes you just don't have an All Star. You know? At least I think. Maybe am I wrong on that? Does every team have to be represented? Well, bottom line is, this. I, I I just don't. This is who's the best, you know? And the, the the fans can vote on some. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I will reemphasize. I'm okay with it. I know some people were complaining about Mookie bets. Look, has he had the best of seasons? No, but he's got a really good arm. He's been a really great defensive player. He walks a lot. On-base percentage is great. Is he better than, say, maybe Tommy Pham offensively this year? No, not necessarily. I actually think I'd take Tommy Pham just in terms of the offense, but he's Mookie Betts, and he's doing fine enough for me to be fine that he makes the All-Star team. He's not a starter. Don't worry. So that's that's my thing on that. It's, you got to really give me – when you're a legend like Mookie Betts, if you're still having a good season – I'm not going to complain too much if people get excited and want to vote you in. He's like one of the five best players in baseball. I will complain, however, not even about Herman Marquez, who I mentioned before that I think Musgrove should have gotten the spot over him, and maybe even Trevor Rogers. The one I'm complaining about here is Eduardo Escobar. And don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about Chris Bryant, which is what a lot of people seem to be doing. Why is he the starter? Chris Bryant has been pretty damn good this year. He looked like an MVP candidate at one point. I know he's slowed down, but still, I'm not as mad about that one. Look, if we're gonna praise Manny Machado for getting good basically in one month, then you can't be too harsh on Chris Bryant for not being good in one month. That that's just my opinion, right? Um my big issue is Eduardo Escobar. His on base percentage is not good. I know that he has good home run power, but he doesn't hit hit for average, he does not hit on not does not get on base, he's just home runner bust, and I don't think that that's better than Manny Machado, especially 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 because it's not like he's the best third baseman in the world. So I thought that was very silly. Brandon Crawford Crawford is fine. Brian Reynolds is fine. Chris Taylor is fine. Chris Taylor's got the versatility thing going for him too. But I really did think Eduardo Escobar, you could have fit Manny Machado on there. Or fit someone else. Fit another infielder. I don't know who. If you guys want to debate about that, feel free to. But I just find that you have to have a representative of each team very, very silly. Because then it's just, why are we rewarding teams that aren't good? You know? Especially when baseball is known for being a sport that, and I'm not saying this is the case with Eduardo Escobar, the D-backs are just bad I think, but why are we rewarding teams that have made bad decisions and or have ownership that doesn't try as much? That's just my take. Call me crazy, but that is just my take guys so that is it really upset that Joe Musgrove didn't get it but I am very very happy and even still do I think Musgrove maybe deserved a little bit more than Darvish yeah I really think that the no hitter counts for a lot it's a great story and yes it counts a lot because it was the first one in the franchise history it was like the only team that hadn't done that in baseball I think that counts for a lot it was a really special night but I'm okay with it. you know why because you Darvish just rules and we all like him so it's fine I can't wait to see him Those are my takes on the All-Star nominations. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. But before we wrap this thing up, let me just mention to you, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast, guys. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, we've got coming up this week, going to be talking with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals, talking about this national series Uh, breaking down stuff we get a little bit zany and goofy and out of control at uh, some point so shield your ears it does get a little bit ridiculous we even talk about chris paul for like five seconds so that that that's uh coming throughout the rest of this week and after each game i will be recapping it and then for friday get those questions ready guys big mailbag 300 episodes there had never been locked on potteries before your boy You know, it's not like there was a previous host. All your boy right here. 300 episodes deep. Uh, But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Rate your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that. Send me a review in there and maybe if you put a question in there I will count that as part of the mailbag too but until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care